You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. So thankful for our revival this week, and the power of God met us, and the Word of God was rich among us. And on Monday of the revival, Monday, July 18th, so it was a week ago almost, our evangelist Vinny Azzalini preached a message called Prophesy. It was a powerful message about the importance of prophecy in our lives. And he walked through the prophecy in Ezekiel of the dry bones, and he helped us see the importance of prophecy in our lives and the power of making a declaration of God's promises. And I would assume some of you were there on that Monday night, and you declared some things in the Spirit. How many had that experience? You prayed some things. You believed for some things. And he challenged us that God is calling the church to move from being just a reactive church to becoming a prophetic church. And the idea that he presented was that prophecy is a couple things. Prophecy is the foretelling of something that is to come. So it speaks to things that are in the future. And we think of that most when we think of prophecy, that when we think about prophecy in the end times, you think of the book of Revelation and you think of things to come, things that have not happened yet but are to come. And that is certainly a way you can view prophecy. But prophecy is also, and he made this statement, to speak things that not just foretell the future, but speak things that change the future. And one theological definition of prophecy is to utter forth or declare things which can only be known by divine revelation. Now, I hope you'll stay with me. I'm going to walk through some things today, but I believe it can be a game changer for some of you in this place. Prophecy is more than just some idea of some mystical person who has this gift to foretell the future, but to prophesy is to declare something that changes our future. It's to declare what is known by God, and he makes his will and his word known to us, and so we declare those things. That's why in the prophet Joel, when he prophesied, and we might come to it again, but he said, in the last day, saith God, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and my uh, young men shall see visions, and my uh, old men shall dream dreams. And he said, upon my handmaids, on my servants, I will pour out my spirit upon them, and they shall prophesy. 
that the Spirit of God comes on us so that we can declare what is known only to God. We can speak things that are known to God. That's why praying the Bible is so powerful because you are praying a prophetic prayer, something that God declared, something that God spoke, and you are agreeing with it. So today I want to preach and I feel compelled to go down this line of thought a little bit and preach the power of the prophetic, the power of the prophetic. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and I'll I'll go as fast as I can, but I feel to walk through some things with us as a church. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he said, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may Prophesy. Now, we understand the context of this is in the gifts of the Spirit, and I'm not going to dive into the gifts of the Spirit. But essentially, Paul is telling them to love people, pursue love, be Spirit-filled and Spirit-led, and to prophesy. He said, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. He's speaking specifically here about speaking in tongues, speaking in other tongues. He said this is normal in the church. This should not be something that is abnormal in the church. But understand that when you speak in tongues, you are speaking mysteries. No one understands what you are saying. It is powerful, but it is known only to God. And and he's saying, but he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He said he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. What is he saying? That prophecy is to make known the will and the word of God. And that is why it is so powerful when we prophesy, when we declare the word of God, because we are making known what is known to God. And so he said, I wish you all spoke with tongues. And I pray that in this place, too, that we speak in tongues. We are a spirit-filled church. I don't ever want to lose that component. I understand that some people feel different things about it, but I'm telling you, there's a power to speaking in other tongues. And he said, but even more, I would that you would prophesy. And so if we're going to be a church that is spirit-filled, and a church that speaks in tongues, then it would be behoove us to speak not just in tongues, but to prophesy as much as we speak in tongues. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues. That word greater means to be heard better, to be understood. So when you prophesy, you are understood than he who speaks in tongues. Unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. So my point in starting with that today is that prophecy is powerful. To declare the will and the word of God in our lives is powerful. And it sets the trajectory and the direction of our lives. 
If, if we did not have the word and the will of God, we would be left to our own ideas and our own thoughts and our own direction. But prophecy allows us to find the will and the purpose of God in our lives. So Jesus walks into a synagogue. He is returning to a place that he was known as a child. The service started with prayer. Then someone led a song. And someone was asked if they would read a passage from one of the first five books of the Bible. And the man stands up and he reads a passage and he sits down. Someone asked if someone would read from one of the prophets. And Jesus stood up and stepped forward. And he was handed the book or the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And he stretched that scroll out. And it seemed that he was searching for something. He's scrolling and he's looking, trying to figure out where he's going to begin. It seems that maybe they, they were wondering, what is he doing? What is he getting ready to read? And so it was that he got it open. And he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he stood there with confidence, said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And here we find the potential of prophecy. The potential that rests when there is a prophetic word. The potential was that the, the poor could have good news preached to them. The potential was that those who were brokenhearted and messed up could find healing for their brokenness. Those who were captive by all kinds of addictions and things in their life could find liberty from the chains that bound them. Those who were blind and were wandering and couldn't find anything. The prophetic said, there's still a chance that you can see. You don't have to go through life blind. You can see. And those who were oppressed and those who were shattered and broke down, he said, you can find liberty. You can be set free. And those who were slaves to the world and those who were indebted to things in life, he said, a proclamation can be made that is the acceptable year of the Lord where you can be set free completely. Oh, the potential of the prophetic. I hope you understand the potential of the prophetic in your life. There is amazing things that can happen in your life and in my life when the word and the will of God are known in our lives. 
And God prophesied this through Isaiah. Isaiah uttered something that was only known by divine revelation. He was foretelling of something that would happen in the future, but he was also foretelling something that would change the future. And this great potential in the prophetic is powerful. And God is declaring things in our lives. And I believe on Monday in this revival, there were things that were declared. And there is a potential to the prophetic in our lives. Jesus' appearance in the synagogue was not by coincidence. It was very specific and it was very intentional. In Luke chapter 4 verse 16, it says, He came to Nazareth. Where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. He was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. If the promises of God and the prophetic and the prophecies in our life are going to be fulfilled, we have to be where God wants us to be. We have to be where God wants us to be. And so even if there is a potential for the prophetic work in our life, we have to realize there is a position for the prophetic in our life. If we are going to see the will of God accomplished, we have to be in the right place. Everyone say the right place. This includes not just a physical location, but it includes a a, a mentality, a right place in our mind. Jesus did not accidentally come to the synagogue. He came there on purpose and he came there by the obedience to the spirit of God. And so... I realize today, as much as I feel like there are prophetic utterances in my life and there are prophetic utterances over this church, I realize today those will not take place. Those will not happen unless we are positioned as a congregation and I am positioned as an individual to be consecrated and wholly obedient to the word and the will of God. And so there is a position that must be uh, in our lives if we are going to see the prophetic realized in our lives. If we lack consecration, if we lack devotion, if we lack obedience, we will not be in a position where we will see the prophetic realized in our lives. The will of God is the work of God. And in Matthew 20, Jesus said, For the kingdom of heaven is like the landowner who went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wage and sent them out to work. He is telling a parable here of those who are working in the kingdom. And most likely this person was out there At 6 a.m. And the Bible says that in verse 3, at 9 o'clock in the morning, he was passing through the marketplace and saw some people standing around doing nothing. And that might seem like a scary statement 
or a negative statement, but let me keep reading. So he hired them, telling them he would pay them whatever was right at the end of the day. So they went to work in the vineyard at noon and again at three o'clock. He did the same thing. What was the same thing? He went into the marketplace. He saw people who were standing there and he asked them to work in his vineyard at five o'clock that afternoon. Verse six, he went into the town again, saw some people standing around and asked them, why haven't you been working today? And they replied, because no one hired us. And he said, then go out and join the others. And here's what I want you to know. I'm going to skip through this a little bit, but he, he ultimately paid them all the same. We understand that. But do you know who didn't get paid that day? Those who didn't work. And do you know those who didn't work, why they didn't work? Because they were not in the marketplace. They were not where he would choose to find his workers. Those who wanted to work found themselves in the marketplace. They found themselves in a position where the the landowner could find them. And I want to preach to us today. The prophetic is powerful, but the prophetic doesn't happen in our lives when we receive a word from God and then go on our way doing everything else with everybody else, wherever we want to do it. No, the prophetic happens in our life when we position our life in a way that says, God, here I am. Send me. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus was not haphazardly in the synagogue that day. In fact, the scripture gives us the indication that Jesus was led by the Spirit. It says in chapter 4, verse 14 of Luke, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and the news went out through all the region, the surrounding region. But that position... In Galilee, and that position in the synagogue did not just happen either. It was not the first time that Jesus was where he needed to be. But in fact, in Luke chapter 4, verse number 1, it said, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Because sometimes... The position we find ourselves in may be uncomfortable or difficult, but I'm telling you, it's probably exactly where God wants us to be. And so don't miss the prophetic in your life because you're just going through a tough time. Don't miss the promises of God because you're in a struggle in your life. But no, stay where God has you. Stay in a place of promise and power. It may be a wilderness. It may be somewhere else uh, in your life. But position your life in a way. Position your life in a way where God can say, I can use you now. Because we can walk away from prophetic promises in our life. And here is what I'll keep going to. This potential for the prophetic. This position to the prophetic. And I would add there is a process to the prophetic. So it's a place. It's a place 
But in Luke chapter 14, verse 16, he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Jesus went to the synagogue on a specific day. He went there on a certain day. Let me tell you this. This is the heart of what I feel to preach. And I told Brother Vinny, as soon as he preached that on Monday, the Lord gave me this thought. There is going to be a time between when you hear the word of the Lord and when the word of the Lord is going to be fulfilled. You need to understand that about the prophetic. There's a process of time. You can see this through Scripture. Prophetic fulfillment is not just measured in moments. And sometimes it's not just measured in days. But it's measured oftentimes in years. It would be 25 years between when God said to Abraham, you're going to be a great nation. In Genesis chapter 12, before Isaac was ever born. 25 years of prophecy. 25 years of having to stay in the place where God chose. Having to remain faithful to the process and the plan of God. 25 years. Impossible. It's the rough part of waiting. It would be 22 years. Between God telling Joseph that he was going to be a ruler over his brothers. And when the day was that those brothers showed up and bowed their faces to Joseph. 22 years. 22 years of being lied on. Misused. Mistreated. Uncertain, elevated, taken back down. But Joseph had a promise, a prophetic word. And so he understood and was confident of that. And so he stayed in the process. He stayed even when everything seemed to be turned against him. He stayed in the process. There is a process to the prophetic. It would be Moses who would, it would be around 40 to 50 days between God telling Moses at the burning bush that he was going to bring the children of Israel out from under the hand of the oppressor. And when that prophetic utterance came to pass and they crossed the Red Sea, 40 to 50 days, it would be Daniel be 21 days between Daniel praying and declaring the promises of God. And when he was assured that his prayer was answered, but he stayed in the position and he stayed in the process. And God was faithful to his word. It would be 700 years. 700 years between when God gave Isaiah the pro prophetic word. And when that word was fulfilled, Isaiah prophesied 
The sun shall no longer be your light by day. Nor for brightness shall the moon give light to you. But the Lord will be to you an everlasting light. And your God, your glory. Your sun shall no longer go down. Nor shall your moon withdraw itself. For the Lord will be your everlasting light. And the days of your mourning shall be ended. Also, your people shall all be righteous. They shall inherit the land forever, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. A little one shall become a thousand, and a small one a strong nation. And I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. The Spirit of God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God. It was time. 700 years when Isaiah said this. 700 years when Isaiah proclaimed this. And when it came to pass, when Jesus stood up on that day in the synagogue. And when I think about the history of this church, I realize there are a lot of promises and prophetic words that have been given. But I'm telling you, Calvary Church, if I ever know a word from God, I'm telling you, Calvary Church, do not get discouraged in the waiting. Do not get discouraged in the time between the prophetic word and the time of its fulfillment. From 1968 to 1972, we were in blue ash. And I don't know all the details around it, but I know there were prophetic words that were given. There was time that was given, even though a word may be declared. There was time. And in 1972, we moved over to to Kemper Road. And no doubt there were more prophetic words and more powerful services. But we can't get discouraged while we wait for all the promises to be fulfilled. So in 1998 or 1997, a word came from the pulpit that said, hey, we're going to start looking for a new building. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen the next day, but it was proclaimed and promised to the church. And so in September of 1999, the Calvary Church went from Kemper Road to Ken Road. And I'm thankful for that today. But what I understand today is the promise of God, uh, the prophetic words that we have, uh, the things that we are reaching for at the Bishop Center don't just happen because uh, we declared it. Uh, they happen because we have positioned ourselves for it uh, and we remain in the process uh, and then it happens. I don't want you to get discouraged by it. We're going to keep moving towards the promises of God, even if it seems delayed to us, even if it seems pushed back to us. The Oxford Project was delayed earlier this year, but let me tell you, as the pastor of this church, I saw two years prior or a year prior how God used timing to position us in Oxford. I'm not worried about it. I'm not stressed about it. We're just going to keep moving forward in it because God promised 
process it. I'll wait for the process. I'll wait for the time. I'll stay positioned for it because he's declared it. Oh, hallelujah. There are promises in your life today that you feel like it's not happening. I'll throw in the towel. God said it was going to happen. I'm telling you, stay in the process. Stay in the process. Don't remove yourself from the process that God is working in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus came. He said, Paul said that he came at a specific time. Galatians 4, 4, when the fullness of time had come. Everyone say fullness of time. We don't understand the fullness of time. But if the prophetic is going to be realized in our life, it's going to come at the fullness of time. Fullness of time had come. God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. But that wasn't the end of the prophetic for Jesus Christ. He knew. And scripture tells us at 12 years old, he knew. He knew who he was. He knew what was prophesied over his life. But if we take 12 years old, maybe it occurred to him at 12 years old. It would be 18 years that Jesus understood. I've got to wait for the ultimate fulfillment of the prophecy. I'm not going to get ahead of it. I'm not going to get frustrated by it. I'm not going to remove myself because it didn't happen. I'm 12 years old and I know who I am. And how many people lift themselves from things that God is working in their life? Because they don't understand process. And he said 30 years. He was 30 years old. Waiting, knowing who he was. But timing is everything. But even after he was 30 years old, he would be led into the wilderness. I thought the prophetic said. I thought the prophecy said. But he was led into the wilderness 40 years. Then he would spend his time being tempted by the devil. But then we read where he walked into the synagogue on that day. And he opened that scroll and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I don't think, I personally don't think. That he didn't already know that this was about him. Maybe even at 16 years old, he knew this was about him. But he said on that day, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now watch now. Luke chapter 4 verse 20. Then he closed the book. And gave it back to the attendant. And he sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. 
And he began to say to them, today, today, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The day had come. I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Even though I walked through a time where no one knew who I was and I knew all along, even when I walked in a wilderness and was hungry and was tempted, I am where I need to be right now. And I can go to the lepers and I can go to the lame and the deaf. And now I can go to the demoniac across the, the water. I can go to the woman who had such emotional baggage and stigma that she had so much sin in her life. She had had five husbands and was living with somebody who wasn't her husband. Jesus said, now's the time I can go to that. The prophecy is being fulfilled. He knew his time had come. Here's what he knew as I come to a close. He knew Isaiah had also written, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He had no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. But surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Jesus did not just say that and he didn't come just expecting that he was just going to do miracles but he also understood this prophetic word that he would have to die on a cross and that's why when Peter tried to stop Jesus and tell Jesus look you keep talking about suffering but we're going to protect you and what did Jesus say to Peter get thee behind me Satan because you're not speaking words that are from God you're not speaking prophetic words you're speaking your own heart get thee behind me he understood that there was more to come and he had it in his capacity we have to believe that he had it in his capacity to remove himself to reposition his life so that he would not have to walk through suffering so he would not have to walk through the cross he could have repositioned his life He could have tried to hijack the timing of God. We realize, he said in that garden, not my will. Mm. Not my will, but your will be done. Your will, which takes time, which takes being in the right place, On a cruel cross, he bled and died, not seeking to preserve his life, but seeking to preserve ours. But he knew something else. There was another prophetic word. 
I quoted at the beginning shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your old men shall dream dreams your young men shall see visions and also on my men servants on my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days Fifty days, fifty days after the crucifixion, the Spirit of God was poured out. And every truth in Luke chapter 4 has the capacity to come to pass by the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because He's anointed me. To preach the gospel or the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So, what do we do when we have a word from God? What do you do when you have a word from God? You stay in position. And you stay in the process. You remain faithful. You remain faithful to the things you know to do. What do you do when you have a prophetic word? You remain faithful. What do you do when you have a promise from God? You remain faithful. If we can remain faithful to God. While we wait for his word to come to pass, the prophetic in our life will not just be potential, but it will be powerful. On that day, you can stand with me. On that day in the synagogue, Jesus stopped reading Isaiah's prophecy found in Isaiah 61. I want you to catch this. Jesus stopped reading in Isaiah 61. And there's probably a lot of interpretations on why he stopped reading. But Isaiah 61 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Jesus read to this part, but then he sat down. He said today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Isaiah 61 verse 3 says to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, they may be called trees of righteousness, the planning of the Lord that he may be glorified. There was more that Jesus could have said in that moment and he could have spoken directly to those people. But it's possible that he stopped because he knew something about his audience that day. See, right after he sat down and he said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. It says that all who bore witness to him 
marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? And he said to them, you will surely say this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have heard in Capernaum, do also here in your country. Then he said, assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a great famine throughout the land. But to none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. Hundreds of lepers, hundreds of those who needed help, those who needed a prophetic word, but it only came to one. And he said, and many lepers were in Israel at the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them were cleansed except Naaman, Cyrene. People needing a word from God. People who had the potential to hear the prophetic, had the potential to see the prophetic worked in their lives. He says many lepers were there, but none of them was cleansed except Naaman. And then watch what happens. So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out of the city. And they led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built, that they might throw him over the cliff. And passing through the midst of them, he went on his way. It's one thing to have a prophecy. It's another thing to live in a way in which you believe that prophecy. There are many today who God is speaking to you. And it's the potential of what God can do. God's word could be revealed in your life. But it really is up to you whether you're going to believe the prophetic word. You're going to believe the word of God. And you're going to align your life in a way that sees that prophecy come to pass. But I believe today there are some amazing prophetic moments ahead for individuals in this room. And again, I use the word prophetic not in some mystical foretelling, but prophetic in the sense God is declaring some things in our lives. God's speaking some things into our lives and in our church. And I don't want to miss that because I rush or I get frustrated with the timing or I get out of position with where God is calling me to be. And I'm believing for incredible things to be done. So today, my altar appeal is what Vinny's altar, Evangelist Vinny's altar appeal was. I want you to come to the altar and I want you to prophesy. I want you to come to the altar and I want you to declare the word of God. I want you to declare the word of God over your life, what you feel like God wants you to do, 
what God is asking of you. I want you to declare that. I want you to declare it with confidence today. Because we're coming back to this idea that if he said it, I can believe it. If he said it, I can believe it. And I'm not prophesying things for my own desires. And that's what happens a lot of times. People begin to prophesy things. They keep declaring things that ultimately are selfish desires. We want the will of God and we want the word of God to be declared. And I believe that for our church. I believe that for you individually today. Before I invite you to come, I'm going to pray for you. Because I believe there's a special moment in this room for some people in this house today. Lord, we come to you today. God, the enemy has pushed us. The enemy has tried to convince us to give up on where we are. The position in our lives that has allowed us, God, to see your purpose fulfilled. God, the enemy has tried to cause us to be discouraged. The enemy has tried to cause us, Lord, temptation in our lives. God, in so many facets and so many areas of our life. God, the enemy has caused us to get discouraged by the timing. God, we have felt things in the spirit. We have declared things in the spirit that we felt were from you. But we've gotten discouraged because they haven't come to pass. God, and I'm praying there would be a revelation in this room. I'm praying for the word and the will of God to be known in this room. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we pray for those who we've been praying for for a long time. We pray again. We're believing, God, for those who, God, need you and have have maybe stepped back from where they need to be with you. God, I pray that you would invite them back to say, my purpose is not done. My plan is not done. My work is not done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus name. I want you to come. I want you to step forward with confidence. There is a power to the prophetic. There is a power to the prophetic. In the name of Jesus. Maybe you just want to pray a scripture today. Maybe you want to come to the front and pray a scripture you've been praying over. I want you to pray it today with confidence. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.